Hello and welcome to episode 159 of the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Redbox. I'm your host, Bob Phelan. And I'm your co-host, Joel Phelan. And we're back with another brief episode. we got to come up with a better name for these things, but uh, we're Lots back. briefs. <laughs> yeah. We are back to review Spotlight, the Best Picture winner from the 2016 Academy Awards, as well as our top five Mark Ruffalo films, because he was in it. <laughs> Spotlight, obviously, like I said, won Best Picture, was nominated for six Academy Awards altogether, winning two, including Best Original Screenplay, Big Short, which we just reviewed on the last episode, one adapted, this one original, was also nominated for Best Director, Best Supporting Actor for The Man of the Hour, Mark Ruffalo, Best Supporting Actress for Rachel McAdams, and Best Film Editing. Wait, so who's the lead actor? Michael Keaton? I think Michael Keaton was considered the lead actor. Huh. Yeah, I guess you could go either way, honestly. Uh, the, yeah, I, I guess I, I don't know. It's almost like there is Whatever. no lead actor. Yeah, kind of. It's but more I guess of an ensemble. Yeah. Yeah. But it had 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, critically acclaimed. Uh, it was on my top five most anticipated movies of the fall, I think. Um, after we saw the trailer, we both were pretty interested. Yeah, I was so. going to say, I, I remember us saying we wanted to see it. So obviously, expectations were high. But what were your thoughts going into it, and then what were your thoughts after viewing the movie? Um, I mean, going into it, it I'd heard good things. I, I honestly expected it to be kind of a boring movie, but well made. Mm-hmm. And after watching it, I mean, I mean, I guess I was right, but I, I really did enjoy it. Nice. It's not like an entertaining, per se, movie, though. It's very much telling a true story about yeah. something really fucked up. Not many movies about child rape are very entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> it's nothing to get, like, excited about. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah, go ahead. But it. it's a fantastic movie, otherwise. Nice. <laughs> I uh, I agree. I probably would go above and beyond that. I think I've was enthralled by it, blown away by it. I, I loved it. It's currently sitting at my number two movie of 2015. Um, I don't know. I think definitely deserving of Best Picture in my, in my mind. I would have preferred Mad Max one because that would have been cooler. But yeah, I have no problems whatsoever, at least from the movies I, that I, I've seen. I would agree. Yeah. But... Directed by Tom McCarthy, a guy I like quite a bit. Some other movies of his that he he's directed that I love are Win Win, a wrestling movie, I guess you could say, with Paul Giamatti. And this kid also did The Station Agent with Peter Dinklage and The Visitor with um, Richard Jenkins, which was... Fantastic as well. Just to, he also did the Cobbler with Adam Sandler, which I didn't see, and I probably never will. Yeah, hopefully. I heard it's terrible. It's pretty funny that he came out with the Cobbler, which could have easily won the Razzie and Spotlight <laughs> in the same year. But uh, yeah, ups and downs of directing, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Great ensemble cast. You got Michael Keaton, 
Mark Ruffalo, Rachel McAdams, Leave Schreiber, Stanley Tucci, and a bunch of people you have recognized, but you probably don't know their name. Yeah. Like yeah. working actors. And the performances, I felt like, were so true to life. Like, felt like super realistic. Yeah, even like the, I guess the people you can consider extras were yeah. good. Definitely. Like, these got the Boston accent right better than uh, Black Mass, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> not a... It's not necessarily about, like, Southie, so I guess you get yeah, more true, sophisticated. True. Yeah. But, I mean, there are times where they're interviewing other people, and you can hear that thicker, more... Uh, I don't know. Park the car. Uh, I don't know what, uh, I guess, like, what you would think about media as being, like, the default Boston accent that a comedian would New do. New Englander. Yeah. Yeah. I even like, like, the way it was shot. It's like a naturalistic, down-to-earth documentary style. Like, it almost feels like you're with them on this hunt. And I just like how it gets the procedure of it all, the journalism from step one all the way to when the story is published in the reactions. Like, I love that. Yeah. Just getting in there with them, down and dirty. They're doing the interviews. Things they have to do that are not, uh, don't sit well with a lot of people, but you still have to do it for your journalistic integrity. Yeah, the politics involved and the journalistic politics, the legal, the, you know being sensitive to the subject matter and really i i thought it was a i only realize this now talking but the underlying thing in all this is they need readers yeah they need to keep their that jobs is an interesting and, part about it you know what i mean so in a way that's almost a conflict of interest but it's not literally it but it's not something that really comes across in the movie i mean these people generally care Oh yeah, but when like when nine eleven happens, they're like you drop what you're doing and you focus on nine eleven. Like, not only is it more important, but that's going to pay the bills. You got to write yeah. about that. And it is interesting that I mean they do show some scenes where they're literally like apologizing to people, like we didn't forget about you. We just we had to. I, I guess and I guess it's interesting that no one really does debate that that. You're not trying to say that 9-11 is more important or whatever. Like People kind of understand, but they've been screwed so many times that they sort of don't believe them. Yeah, exactly. I guess we could set up what the movie is exactly about a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, it's about the very true freaking story about the uh, Catholic Church in the New England area and how, you know, the whole... Everyone knows, I think, a little bit about it, maybe not... The details, especially me, like I had heard of it, but not, I didn't know the specifics. Um, yeah. So priests were abusing or raping children of both sexes, and then the Catholic, there would be a cover up, and the priest or pastor in question would just be reassigned yeah. to avoid any penalty. And this is like, and uh, Michael Keaton and his team are the spotlight team, they spend a long time researching something and usually they'll come out with like a groundbreaking story that will blow the lid off of something. Yeah, they're like a uh, 
a slow burn investigative journalists and yeah. they take their time, release it, and then they cover it. For They're not doing quick so. hit stories here and there. They're really, when they come out with something you know, like, it's something worth sitting down and reading, I guess. Yeah. And apparently from what I've heard, like, they really got the mannerisms and everything down pretty good to the people they're, they're playing. Yeah, I guess it's hard to tell with that kind of stuff because you yeah. don't generally know by face, say, I mean, I guess unless you're from their, that city or whatever, but what a journalist looks like. Yeah. I, also, I just like how each character has their own story that you can really... They fill in the backstory pretty well so you can understand where they're coming from and the whole thing. Like, Michael Keaton went to... Uh, what was the school? He went to one of the, like, the religious schools, right? Or Catholic schools? Yeah, one of the big... I guess it's like the rich or the better... People, so he had people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jesus, the more well-off people. It's like a private Catholic school. Yeah, <laughs> he's like got connections with the. Was it a cop or something? Who? I actually I can't remember what that guy his position was, but he has a connection somehow in there. Yeah, there's like a, a cop detective, something like that, yeah. and a lawyer. Yeah, whatever. Mark Ruffalo's just like he's got a, a wife and a, a kid, I think, but he works so hard that he's never even heard. I think he separated from his wife. He just yeah. is all about the work. Work, work, work. And then Rachel McAdams, she her grandma is super Catholic and she's working on this story at the same time, so there's obviously a moral quandary there. Yeah. And maybe my favorite character in the whole movie. Leave Shriver as the outsider coming in to run the paper. I totally agree. I thought he, um, he was awesome in this movie. Only th- I wish he was in it more. Yeah, me too. I'm surprised. But I do like how they did everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I even like the whole story of just an outsider in this really tight-knit local community and how... It doesn't matter what he does. He's not local. He's not going to live up to whatever expectations they might have. But he just buckles down and and does what he needs to do. Doesn't let it bother him. I don't know. He's just it was an awesome character. Yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. This uh. The best thing I liked about this movie is all the people seemed like real people. Like, they all have a similar goal, different backgrounds. I like, I kind of wish The Big Short was shot a little bit more like this movie. Yep, I would agree. Like, uh, in terms of how, like we were saying before, how either character could have been the lead character. I thought they balanced all that out really well. Mm -hmm. But... How crazy is the story, though? Like, uh, I was about to say, like, I don't know. I about never you. realized the scope. Exactly. Uh, Same here. Like, I know maybe if someone knows every bit of the story front and center and backwards, like, this would not be that revelatory. But like, as they're discovering, oh, it's not seven priests; it's fifty or whatever. I'm at the same time as them, going, "Holy shit, for real!" You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you feel the power of that. And it's so systematic as well as, like, I think that's really the slap in the face in the end is that this wasn't, like, 
just a couple times. It wasn't in one period of time. This is like, like they have a policy almost on how to deal with this. Yeah. Like the the Catholic Church. It's mind, especially at the end of the movie when they say like the guy at the center of all this was reassigned to the like one of the highest positions you can have in Rome or whatever. Yeah, and then they list off like seventy U.S. cities and. Or maybe not 70 U.S. cities, but a lot of U.S. cities. And then all this, all around the world. And I think what that really shows is, like, I guess how I thought about all the stories was it just was all those people were in similar positions. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. they're not married and whatever. Like, I guess uh, you could put the blame totally on the priests. But after you look at it like that, it's... It's so obviously much more than you that. have to have blame the priest, but like maybe the Catholic Church could do something to help put a stop to this or at least minimize it. Yeah, so, yeah. it's crazy. Like we grew up Catholic, or right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I guess so. Yeah, I never really went to church when I had my own willpower, but um, yeah, I pretty mean, crazy. You go for the big things, you know, like yeah, weddings and. Whatever. But it's just, I mean, and this is no condemnation on people that go to church, even Catholic churches. Like, this is all the powers that be that are seemingly corrupt. Like, yeah, I don't care one way or another what someone's religious beliefs are. But it's insane the power that religion can hold on people, even above the law in a lot of cases. Yeah. It's insane. Like all the, uh, the people say, it's like, like when they pay attention to you it's like god paying attention to you and that's yeah it's pretty powerful i thought the craziest thing was like the gay guy who's like this is the only person that told me it was okay to be gay was the guy who the religion says it's a sin and you're going to hell but because he wants to take advantage of him so that's very conflicting information yeah that's crazy crazy yeah unbelievable like a lot of the when they're interviewing the uh, victims, like that was some of the hardest stuff to watch. Just like yeah. when, uh, Mark Ruffalo, he finally gets this one guy, right? And he's he's like, starts off, he doesn't want him to use his name, doesn't want to really talk. By the end, he's like, you can use my name, go get these motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. Like, and that, uh, the guy who plays that lawyer was awesome, I thought. Yeah, Maybe. Stanley Tucci. Yeah, and actually, his character had a lot of depth for just be popping in every so often. Yeah, I like how, like, at first you're like, this guy's weird. He's off his rock. He's an ass. He's a jerk. Forget him. But you realize, yeah, when he says he's working hard, it seems like he, by the end, like, he actually is. He's working hard for his clients, and he has so many that he, he actually gives the time of day for all of them. Yeah. What a turnaround for the character. I was yeah. just thinking about that last scene and all. Oh, yeah. Awesome stuff. Um, yeah, and the crazy revelation that they had the information. They could have published the story five years earlier. Yeah. But someone obviously was just pushing it to the side. I guess... Yeah, I- do we find out? I mean, there's no spoilers for this. This is a completely true story. Yeah, there really isn't. Uh, I guess John Slattery's the guy from Mad Men. Um, 
his character must have been the guy? I don't know if they ever outright say, like, why that never happened. Oh, it was, um... Well, first off, I like how they did this part of the plot, because they they find out about it kind of early in the movie, and it's sort of... Not totally gets dropped, but it's not till like, later on when they're about to publish it that it really comes about. Mm-hmm. But it was uh, Michael Keaton's that oh, yeah, that's he was right. on that's right. the Metro Division or something like that. And he, he doesn't even remember it. it. And that's, I guess this is where they get the movie, or this, this scene isn't, it, the whole editorial desk is called Spotlight, but that's, they kind of make like a reference to that. It's it's easy to like overlook something unless you're putting the spotlight on something. Yeah. Like, wow. Really I can't believe it. I forgot that for a second. That's, yeah. That was a pretty big part because he's like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why. When I watched that, I didn't totally put that together, like that it was called Spotlight, and he said that. Right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, that was insane when the guy comes in and it's like, I, I thought they were gonna. It was gonna be like a bigger story, though. Like, yeah, I thought they were gonna be like, "Who's trying?" I thought it was gonna be more of a typical thing where it's like someone's working with the church to try to keep this from being published. Yeah, it never really turned into that. Yeah, um, I would say actually that's one of my little quips with the movie is there's really no tension that gets built even though the church does kind of try to bully their way around things a little bit, like I thought they could have done a little bit better of a job of kind of portraying how big of a thing they were up against. Like, and again, this is a pretty minor thing, but yeah, I can see where the scale of it, you know what I mean? It just kind of make the church out to seem like it's just a couple churches almost. It's not the whole yeah, I just Catholic I don't think it's trying to be that kind of movie, but I definitely see where it comes from. Like they could have easily shown the other side of the point of view. Like they could show the church covering shit up. They could really make them into this big bad villain, but you never even see what's going on with them. Yeah, like I just. But I mean, yeah, this is. It's a minor sacrifice. They did pretty good with the story they told. Yeah. How about the scene when Rachel McAdams like is talking to the priest, the ex-priest, and he's basically just admitting everything. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. That was crazy. I always found it hard to believe, but I guess maybe he was a little mentally ill, not to mention maybe just the complete guilt of that. You just want to get it off your chest. Yeah, I guess when it was, in retrospect, so many of them, one of them was bound to... Right bad or whatever it was I love the way that they found all these people like meticulous hard work and yeah I mean they I felt like they got that across pretty well like that is not a menial task that no one would want to do but they're dedicated and man yeah that's a another really minor thing but uh, the lapse of time I thought they could have done a little bit more with yeah, um, I agree. Like, could have shared a little more, like... Like some facial hair, like some <laughs> scruff or something like that. It was but, a little hard to read, like, exactly how much time had passed from certain times, uh, scenes. I guess they tried to address it script-wise, because they do a lot, say, like, their deadlines, and, like, six weeks, or... Yeah. 
by, you know, by Christmas or whatever, and I guess they'll eventually show Christmas, but, but again, minor. It didn't really take me out of the movie at all, but it took me a while into the movie to realize they'd been working on that for a while. Mm-hmm. Like months and months. Yeah. And but the anyway. big scene where Mark Ruffalo's like, it could have been any one of us. Um, yeah. That was a pretty good point. Could have been. <laughs> I guess that's really the movie's climax because yeah. it's sort of just downhill what happened from there in yeah. a good way. Exactly. It's pay out. It is weird to think about. Like, I wonder. Baltimore was on that list, wasn't it? At the end, I believe. Yeah. Crazy. The, I know for short, the little Italy, St. Leo's had one. Jesus. I don't know if there are others in that. Yeah, I'm glad I pretty much only did Sunday school and hit the big holidays. Yeah, that's pretty much what I did. My mom would get in kicks, though, for like a couple weeks. She would be like, we're going to church every Sunday. And I think once we got kind of like a little bit older, we were obnoxious enough that... Because we were kids. We, I mean, yeah. I went to sleep in and play video games. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Hell, even nowadays, I have to go kicking and screaming if I'm going to go to church. Yeah. It's just not, doesn't interest me, but teach there. How about the the shady lawyer played by the, Billy Crudup? Who. Yeah. Um, is, yeah, I thought that was an interesting character as well. There's just a whole lot of great characters here. Yeah, uh, he's the one in the beginning, right? Yeah, and then he kind of like out, give that ominous tune in the beginning. Yeah, he's like yeah. letting on like he knows doesn't really know anything, but he's willing to help out whenever. Turns out he's like represented a bunch of people and was like working yeah. the system to try to make money off of it. Yeah, and I guess they give you that actually in the beginning of the movie because. The, the cops are talking. He was like, "Well, how are they going to hide it in the arraignment or whatever?" And he's like, "Arraignment." Yeah, it's not going to be one. So that's not. I guess that's in hindsight, though. Twenty twenty, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like you said, like the dying media of a newspaper. I like how they address like the competition between newspapers. Like, if we don't jump on this now, the Boston Herald or whatever is going to get the story, and they're going to fuck it up. And it's going to ruin everything. Yeah, and and them talking about the internet like it's going to kill journalism. Yeah, well... <laughs> at that time... Oh, yeah, I, mean, I guess you can make... But really what I mean is like that the newspapers would disappear. And really all they had to do, which what they do now, is they're just internet journalists yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, still is a dying media. Like the actual print media. Yeah, the actual print newspaper, but... I guess as long as they adapt, they just will become a It's the same news. shit, though, like, at the post office. When I first got started in 2007, you kept hearing, like, oh, email's going to kill it, email's going to kill it. Yeah. It's just, it's exactly the same. It's just, it's different. It evolved in where we get more packages from online orders, which off-balances the loss of letters and magazines. Yeah. Like, it's almost exactly the same. It's just distributed differently. It's interesting how it's like, woe is me, end of the world for all these industries that are changing. They think it's dying, but really, yeah. <laughs> Even movies, yeah, really, it, with all the streaming transition. Stuff. Yeah. Just funny how that works. 
Yeah. Or when uh, MP3s first came out, they said digital music was going to kill the music industry. Now they make more money than ever. Yeah, it's just different. From selling <laughs> singles for 99 cents. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and then some industries actually do die, but we don't need to get into that. Yeah. Hopefully the podcast industry isn't one. There's too much money in this business. <laughs> but yeah, I yep. uh, I love this movie. I don't really... I'm sure there's a lot more to say, but I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Uh, I'll give it yeah. a 9.5 out of 10. Absolutely loved it. Wow. Uh, I'll give it an 8.5. I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I don't really have too much bad to say about it. Nice. Well, let's move on to Mark Ruffalo, who he really is an underrated actor, I think. Totally. Just looking at his list, like there's 14. Well, he's always good, but he has like 14 movies that I would say I would highly recommend. And that's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) But let's get into our top five. I'll kick things off with number five. Spike Jones's Where the Wild Things Are from 2000. I haven't seen that one. In nine. Really? Uh, did you ever read the book? I'm sure you have. I mean, yeah. I can't really remember what it was about, but I can recognize the monsters and the art yeah. style. One of my favorite children's books when I was, like, super young. And I think it's one of the best adaptations I've seen. Like, wow. perfect. It just gets across that whole vibe and does a better job than anyone could ever think I, I I thought so anyway like the Jungle Book is coming out the live action version next week hard yeah. to imagine it comes close to touching where the wild things are as far as the movie adaptation wow I do remember when it came out it looked so odd that people were saying like don't be discouraged that it, it looks sketchy or whatever yeah I don't mean that it looks bad but people were like it's surprisingly a really good movie it really is it's not like one of these kids movies where it's pandering to children like there's a lot of melancholy here it's pretty deep and it gets to the themes of it and uh, just proves why Spike Jones is one of my favorite directors yeah uh, James he's... Gandolfini is one of the voices um, and he's awesome oh really has it. yeah the kid's great Spike Jones is just one of those guys that He's just got that touch. Yeah, he's got a feel for what he's doing. He everything he does feels like it has a purpose. Yeah. What's your number? Like yeah. Uh, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say even in that that channel he just started. That's what he said. All the commercials are made that way. Like they organically. Like it's almost like you don't even know it's a commercial sometimes. I have to put that's Viceland, right? Yeah, they, it's sort of a. Did you ever watch Adult Swim at all? Very little. Well, they're commercial. They're known for like making whatever ten cent commercials, like that are five seconds long. It's they kind of do a lot of that kind of stuff. Gotcha. Or yeah, maybe I they're have, like hundred dollar commercials. I'll have to just flip that channel on for background noise one time just to see what it's all about. Yeah, it's it's interesting. But anyway, uh, my number five is the Avengers. Nice. First one. Um, the Incredible Hulk. The only thing I can say about this is I'm not really into the Hulk. He's sort of a 
Tom is Marvel Superman to me. Not quite literal comparison of each other, but I don't know. Personally, I've never been that interested in the Hawk. He's just to me super strong and kind of overpowered. Yeah, sometimes. I I hear what you're saying. Definitely, like even in a comics like standalone Hawk comic book, I never read. I could never get into it. But I liked yeah. him much like in the Avengers. I liked him when he was like a side character that came in in someone else's yeah. book and like sp- spruced it up a little bit or bruised it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but I do got to say, I like Mark Ruffalo as him. I think he does a good job, but I'm Definitely. just not into... I actually like him more when he's not Hulk in the movies, for the most part. Besides like, you know, comes in at the end, has a cool action scene. Yeah, he's awesome as Bruce Banner. And I think he his Hulk is the best iteration of the Hulk so far. Not like there's been a ton, but... Yeah. Alright, my number four... Number five. Is Shutter Island. Ooh. We talked about it's it not too long ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm looking at my list, right? Yeah. Um, I'll just... I don't write them in order. But it's this movie, Shutter Island, followed by Shutter Island, <laughs> followed by this movie, followed by the Avengers. <laughs> oh my god! Great, awesome. great, great. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we talked about Shutter Island not that long ago, I believe, on a different top five. But yeah, it's awesome psychological thriller. Leo's great. Mark Ruffalo's great. This is like detective partner. Um, Scorsese just I feel like this is almost him doing a, like an Alfred Hitchcock type thing yeah and loved it yeah I I love that movie it's um, maybe it's, it's a little bit Leo I don't know it's it's so cool it is it took me a while to watch it too because I was like discriminating against it for whatever reason <laughs> I saw it in theaters Oh, really? Yeah, great theater experience, because it's like the mystery you're trying to figure out. Wait, is this blah, blah, blah? I don't want to yeah. spoil it, but... I, I'm really thankful I went into that movie knowing absolutely nothing about it. Yeah, I mean, most movies, awesome. like, especially nowadays, I don't care about spoilers, but there are certain ones where it actually does make a difference. And I think yeah. Shutter Island could be one of them. Yeah, I'd agree. What's your number four? My number four is is my second Shutter Island on the uh, <laughs> But uh, what I know I meant to write was Spotlight. Nice. All right, cool. Yeah. My number three is simple enough. It's the Avengers, the first Avengers. Pretty much agree with everything you said. It's just, I think it's a top five comic book movie of all time just get all, all the gang together felt like they did about as good a job as you could wrangling all these personalities into a cohesive story yeah obviously um, Avengers Age of Ultron they weren't quite as able to do it as well in my opinion but the Avengers was uh, one of a kind <laughs> during the time now it's like all anyone can try to do yeah, I I really liked the first one. I didn't really enjoy the second one that much. But what's your number three? My number three is Wind Talkers. What is it? Wind Talkers. I've never heard it's, of it. It's um, 
a war, World War Two, I believe, in in the Pacific. It's about they use the Navajo language as code for doing the army or whatever, giving commands and all, because every code gets broken because it's either mathematical or it's based off of language. And I guess in the big picture, there's only so many roots of languages. Like, like basically, they can all be broken, but Navajo is so distant from everything else. Like, it wasn't influenced by other languages, so they can basically blatantly use this language as the coding. Yeah. It can't be broken. But he's a uh, he's one of the main soldiers. It's been a really long time since I've seen this movie. I think it came out actually around the time when we were soldiers. Cuz I nice. think I remember seeing the uh trailer at that movie. But uh it has excuse me, Nicolas Cage, I think's the main character. Huh. I like him sometimes. He's so enormous, but oh my god, there's a huge spider. Oh shit! Got it. <laughs> that was a big poisonous spider. How do you know it's poisonous? Because it looks scary. <laughs> Good call. It was a wood spider. I guess it is radio. Uh, no one would know if it was <laughs> or not. Sounds better. You're my yeah, hero. I, I just got bit by a poisonous spider, and I'm going to just. Get through the red box. We can finish this podcast before we. I believe it. <laughs> I got 15 minutes to live, and this is what I'm using it for. <laughs> nice dedication. Tune in every week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll find a replacement <laughs> for your dead body. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I'm like Tupac. I've been recording episodes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My number two movies. is Spotlight. <laughs> so, yep. Nice. Made your list as well. For sure. Well, my number two is Shutter Island. Beautiful. I have a feeling I know what your number one is, but my number one <laughs> is Zodiac. This is. Uh, I haven't seen it. It's a masterpiece. It's David Fincher's masterpiece. The first time I saw it, I gave it like a seven, seven and a half. Liked it, didn't love it. I kept hearing nothing but raves when anyone, anytime anyone ever talked about it. So I revisited it, and man, was I glad I did because it's, it's incredible. It flew up to like a ten out of ten for me. You know, I know you're talking about it. I think I kind of have seen the movie, and I just gave up on it. It's worth revisiting for sure. Right. Robert Downey Jr., Jake Gyllenhaal, Mark Ruffalo. Stellar cast, stellar story. Just, God, it's so good. It gets better yeah, the more I think that. about it. I'm going to have to add that one on the list because I'm trying to revisit these movies more after uh, Inherent Vice. Oh, yeah. Because that movie, I've watched like one and a half, two times, and I still wasn't quite sure if I liked the movie or not. <laughs> But God, I'd love that movie. Yeah. But what what movie do you love, Mark Ruffalo? What's your number one? Foxcatcher. I knew it. One I knew of my. It. <laughs> Maybe this is a little bit partial to 
it was one of the earlier reviews. Yeah, it was a good review we had for me. And I think it was like the episode that I realized I could kind of do this. Nice. I like the sentimental meaning behind so, it. So, but anyway, it's a great Steve Carell's amazing in it as well. Oh yeah. It's my number six. Uh, it like just missed the cut for me. Really? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Just I'm not going to go into what it's really about. Just definitely check it out. Yeah. Watch. Wrestling, murder, all good stuff. Millionaires. <laughs> yeah. It's I don't know. I feel like I'll just spoil the movie if I because it's it's kind of like um what we just reviewed Spotlight where it's not really a movie you can spoil but it's sort of. I don't know how to explain the topic is the plot. True to life. And actually, I just looked it up. This is our 49th episode together since you came on board. So the next one will be 50. Wow. Decent milestone. Gonna bake a cake. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Might buy a house in celebration. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, Foxcatcher was the third episode we ever did. Wow, I didn't even realize it was that early. Yeah, me either, so I just looked it up. Cool stuff. Very cool. Any honorable mentions? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) I had Foxcatcher Collateral with Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx. Yeah, I think I've seen that movie. I couldn't remember anything about it, though. It's a really cool movie. Uh, I have You Can Count On Me, where he plays like this badass brother to uh, Laura Linney. Um, It's like an indie movie. Very good. The Brothers Bloom, Ryan Johnson's movie, where him and... uh, What's his fucking face? Um, Adrian Brody are brothers, and they're like con artists. It's a good, good, fun movie. Avengers Age of Ultron. I liked it more than you. Didn't hold up to the first Avengers but I still enjoyed it quite a bit as a Marvel guy and Iron Man 3 along the same lines I thought was a really good movie the kids are alright yeah. Margaret Eternal Sunshine Spotless Mind and Reservation Road all good movies that Mark Ruffalo is in as well yeah Iron Man th- I liked Iron Man 3 but I thought it was the worst of the Iron Man movies really I think Iron Man 2 is easily the worst hmm but maybe it could. Be I don't know. I've only I've seen number one a lot. I've only seen each one of those once. I could be mixing them up, but anyway. Yeah. Well, that about wraps up this episode of the Redbox Report. So, if you enjoyed this different um, <laughs> episode format, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> if you enjoyed this different episode format. Feel free to, to write in the Redbox Report at yahoo.com or if you agree or disagree with our take on Spotlight or our top five Mark Ruffalo movies, hit us up on Twitter at the Redbox Report. I'm personally on Twitter at the Oriole Report. I'm on Twitter at Redbox Reporter. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Find us anywhere you can find podcasts for the most part. And as always... Thanks for listening. Tune in next time. See you later. Here's another Sunday morning.